Hello, and welcome once again to the Radio Gaga podcast. I'm your host, Justine Pajowski, and today I'm really excited to get in the Christmas spirit with you all as we listen to the Charlie Brown Christmas album by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. There are few things that can transport me into the Christmas holiday spirit more than this music right here. I'm not even that big into jazz, yet something about this album just feels warm and cozy, like I'm by the fireplace and it's snowing outside. To be clear, I don't have a fireplace and it never snows outside here in Florida, but that's how transforming this album can be. Vince Guaraldi's soundtrack was perfect for the animation of the Peanuts comics. It's not just jazz, it's what Charlie Brown sounds like. It's what Christmas sounds like. In my 30s, I wouldn't have the appreciation for the Peanuts characters that I did as a kid. But it's actually the opposite. I watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special nearly every year, and more and more I find it to be a perfect outlet for how I'm really feeling at the holidays. What's supposed to be in our hearts during the Christmas holiday is joy. Peace and joy. Joy and peace. Happiness and cheer. But this is the kind of year where we can't feel at peace. Many of us don't have reason to be joyful. I feel so much gratitude this year for the fact that my family and I are still healthy and we still have jobs. But that's not the case for many, and that weighs heavy on my heart. How I'm truthfully feeling at holiday time, especially this year, is melancholy. Christmas marks the end of the year, another year lived, another year older, another year my parents grow older, and a reminder of the limited time I get to spend with them and all the other people closest to me. Meanwhile, we're inundated with the Black Friday sales and holiday shopping and this whole focus on consumerism that doesn't feel right either. As an adult, the veil gets lifted on all the unconditional Christmas magic you experienced as a kid. It's hard to know what to feel. The Charlie Brown Christmas special perfectly captures this melancholic holiday feeling. That's why I think I appreciate it more each time I watch it. Charlie Brown's life is filled with failure. He never wins. The character of Charlie Brown reminds us that you don't just learn the hard lessons of life as an adult, you were learning them as a kid, too. The whole Peanuts story made children's emotions something real for everyone. I think a lot of times adults tend to write off children's emotions, stop crying, you're fine, that kind of thing. But what Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang did was shed light on what were very real childhood emotions and troubles and worries, yet they appealed to adults because they weren't that far off from the adult experience. Some days we're just going to fall on our face like Charlie Brown. Sometimes we're Linus, an intellectual ridden with anxiety. Or self-proclaimed dust magnet Pigpen who's always a mess. Even Peppermint Patty was kind of dumb sometimes and constantly embarrassing herself. 
but they were always earnest. They always tried their best. There's no pretension, no jadedness, just some kids trying to understand their surroundings and how they fit into the world. And when you think about it that way, a Charlie Brown Christmas starts to feel more relatable than we thought. After returning from military service during the Korean War, San Francisco-born Vince Guaraldi developed a passion for jazz piano at San Francisco State University. In 1951, the 23-year-old joined the jazz trio of vibraphonist Cal Chiater, and over the next seven years, he would appear on more than a dozen of Chiater's albums. During that time, he'd honed his piano chops enough to front his own group, which he dubbed the Vince Guaraldi Trio. It was made up of Guaraldi on piano, Eddie Duran on guitar, and Dean Riley on the bass. The group's self-titled first album released in 1956. By 1962, Guaraldi had made quite a name for himself on the jazz scene, releasing the album Jazz Impressions of Black Orpheus, inspired by the 1959 Brazilian-Portuguese film Black Orpheus. The album was mostly covers of the film's songs by Brazilian guitarist Luis Bonfa and famous Brazilian composer Antonio Carlos Jobim. You may recognize his name as the composer of the song The Girl from Ipanema. So Guaraldi did this album of covers, but then included one original song on it called Cast Your Fate to the Wind. While his record company did nothing to support or promote the song, it instead found grassroots success with radio DJs and went on to win Guaraldi a Grammy. same time, in 1963, TV producer Lee Mendelssohn was driving home from a meeting with the creator of the comic strip Peanuts, Charles Schultz. Mendelssohn was producing a documentary about Schultz, who had been creating the Peanuts comics since 1950. Mendelssohn was driving along, trying to think of what music could score his documentary film. And that's when he heard Cast Your Fate to the Wind pop up on the radio.
Mendelssohn knew immediately who he wanted to score his documentary. Garaldi gladly accepted the offer and began working on music for the film, which would not only include documentary interviews, but also animations of the Peanuts characters by animator Bill Melendez. This would be the first time anyone would see the characters animated and moving around. It was going to be a great film, and Garaldi had finished the perfect soundtrack for it, titled Jazz Impressions of a Boy Named Charlie Brown. But unfortunately, Mendelssohn and his crew were having a hard time securing funding for the film. They screened it to enthusiastic crowds, but ultimately had to shelve the project, and the documentary never aired. Yet they had this entire team of really talented individuals, producers, voice actors, an entire soundtrack. They had to create something together that could bring the Peanuts comics to life on a TV broadcast. Maybe it wasn't a documentary. Maybe instead, it was all animated, a short Christmas special that families could watch together at the holidays. A Charlie Brown Christmas would go on to air for the first time in 1965. This little 20-minute short film would open the door for more animated specials, including How the Grinch Stole Christmas in 1966, Frosty the Snowman in 1969, and of course, The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, You're in Love Charlie Brown, and the numerous other peanut specials to follow over the next few decades. A Charlie Brown Christmas was the one that started it all, and Garaldi's soundtrack for it, which we're diving into today, was the perfect accompaniment. He truly defined the sound of the Peanuts gang, one that today is instantaneously recognizable. Let's talk about the film a little bit and get into the tracks on this album, beginning with O Tannenbaum. This is Garaldi's cover of a German Christmas carol about a fir tree. don't really gravitate toward O Tannenbaum around the holidays, unless it's this version. The Vince Guaraldi Trio's take on this song is so fun. It goes back and forth a bit between a more traditional cover into something with a little more humor. I really like it. Get a Christmas candle going and this song and I am all set for the holidays. Thank you. 
My favorite moment in the Christmas special is when Charlie Brown goes to pick out a tree. The scene is filled with lights and different colored Christmas trees of all shapes and sizes. But the one that Charlie picks out is this small, wimpy little tree that sheds its needles and doesn't stand up straight when he tries to decorate it. He could have picked out a big, healthy tree, but he chose this one because it needed his love. This is such a pure moment. This is a child, presumably about eight years old, yet he has the emotional capacity to choose a tree that isn't the biggest and best. I've always thought the tree was a representation of Charlie Brown himself, and in doing my research for this episode, I learned that that was the exact intention of executive director Lee Mendelson. He wanted a tree that was as sad as Charlie Brown. soundtrack for A Charlie Brown Christmas, we get a nice mix of secular and non-secular music, as well as new compositions and Christmas standards. What Child Is This was based on the song Green Sleeves, which we'll get to later on. But I really like Giraldi's festive, jazzy take on this classic. His arrangement of What Child Is This gives the song a richness and elegance that you might not normally associate with a story about little kids playing outside and putting on a Christmas play, but somehow it just works. plays off the themes of the Christmas standard, The Little Drummer Boy. That song, by the way, is not as old as I thought. It was written by Katherine Davis in 1941, so only about 24 years or so before it was referenced by Vince Guaraldi in his music for Charlie Brown. Next up is Linus and Lucy, which is probably the most iconic of all the Peanuts music. Guaraldi had written this one for the documentary originally, and everyone was so excited about it that they worked it into the holiday special when the documentary was shelved. Mm-hmm. 
song playing in the movie when all the kids are dancing on the stage. It's the now iconic moment where each kid is dancing and moving a little differently. Pigpen is on upright bass, Schroeder on piano. It's just so cute. Christmas Time is Here is the opening song of the special. The kids are ice skating and Charlie and Linus end up talking as they walk to meet up with the rest of the gang. I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. Soon, Charlie is feeling so down that he goes to Lucy for her five-cent psychiatric help. Though she isn't much actual help, she does offer him the position of director of their Christmas play. For a short time, Charlie's sadness is lifted and he gets excited about being involved. This is the bittersweetness I'm talking about. Lucy's booth with her, the doctor is in sign, is cute and everything, but they're tackling an issue here. Charlie Brown just admitted to Linus that he's depressed. These might seem like adult problems, but children deal with anxiety and depression too. Side note, if you're a fan of Arrested Development like I am, this song also weirdly makes you laugh. Poor George Michael. Turning the record over, let's get on to side two. We start out with a near carbon copy of Christmas Time Is Here, but this one's with vocals.
Christmas Time Is Here was originally written for this special by Vince Guaraldi, with lyrics by executive producer Lee Mendelson. Mendelssohn says he wrote the lyrics to this song in about 10 minutes. He had to, really, given the tight turnaround time on the special from CVS. The choir of children featured on this album were from St. Paul's Episcopal Church in San Rafael, California. Recording sessions with the kids in the choir would sometimes go so late that they'd have to bring in a brand new batch of kids for the next session. You guys know how I feel about children's choirs, and if you don't know, I don't like them mainly because they're usually used by popular musicians in a pandering way. But I'll admit there is something cute about the music for A Charlie Brown Christmas. It's off-key and screechy, but cute. It ever so slightly warms my ice-cold, anti-children's choir heart. this song is called skating, the kids are not skating in this scene. They're catching snowflakes on their tongues and throwing snowballs at a can. I love how the little harmonic piano theme feels like the sound of the snowflakes as they fall. The song has no words, never mentions Christmas or Santa or presents, yet it sounds just like the holiday season. Vince Guaraldi had a gift. He was challenged to create a score to a long-running comic series that had never before been animated let alone set to music. And the result was this super sophisticated music that worked in both a scene of children playing in the snow and at your classy Christmas cocktail party. Angels Sing is the next song, which the kids sing after they help Charlie decorate his karami tree. Snoopy sings too, and I love the way they animate him with his snout up in the air and doing awoos. They did multiple takes of this song with the children's choir, but decided on a slightly off-key version to capture that real childlike feeling. The fact that A Charlie Brown Christmas has religious references in it was really controversial at the time. Though many people tried to talk him out of it, Charlie Brown creator Charles Schultz was adamant that Linus do his reading of the Bible passage about Jesus' birth. For him, it was the whole point of the story. Christmas is Coming, the next song, is not to be confused with the old carol about putting a penny in the old man's hat. At least it doesn't sound like it. I think this is an original by Vince Guaraldi. 
This is my favorite song on this soundtrack. It plays for only a few short seconds in the special as the kids are dancing around and getting ready for rehearsal. is an uplifting swing tune. I really like the super clean production of this album, especially this song. I can clearly hear all three instrumentalists almost like I'm in a living room and they're playing right there next to me. It's cozy. Elise is up next, which is not a Christmas carol, but one of the most popular compositions by German composer Ludwig von Beethoven. The title means For Elise. very quickly in the Charlie Brown Christmas special when Schroeder is playing the piano. The character of Schroeder is obsessed with Beethoven, not just in the Christmas special but throughout the whole Peanuts history, and always has a statue of him handy as inspiration. In the Christmas special, Schroeder suggests Elise could be part of the Christmas play, but Lucy says no, and that Beethoven wasn't so great. He hasn't even been on a bubblegum card. cover of the Christmas song is one of my other favorite songs on this album. Originally written by Robert Wells and Mel Torme, the Christmas song is one of those classics that never fails to put me in the Christmas mood. It's always pretty.
finished version of A Charlie Brown Christmas was delivered to CBS one week before it was set to air. But the CBS executives in 1965 hated it. They didn't like the kids, they didn't like the soundtrack, apparently nothing was right. But it was already being promoted and was going to air in one week, so they couldn't pull it at that point. Had it been scheduled to air any later, we may not have a Charlie Brown Christmas at all. this album is a cover of Green Sleeves, which sounds a lot like What Child Is This because they're the same song. Well, for the most part. There is one major difference. traditional English folk song from the 1500s is literally about sleeves that are green, a woman's sleeves on her dress. This can mean a couple things in early modern English society, including the phrase a green gown, which meant you were a woman who got grass stains on your dress when you were um, engaging in consensual activities outside. Many prostitutes also wore green to denote that they were down a clown. The exact meaning of green sleeves is unknown, but those are two likely subjects. And then in the 1860s, William Chatterton Dix wrote lyrics alongside of green sleeves that would become the well-known Christmas carol, What Child Is This? So the song about the birth of Jesus may have had some questionable beginnings. wasn't in the Charlie Brown special, but was added later to this soundtrack as a bonus track. While Jerry Grinelli and Fred Marshall handle most of the drums and bass on this album, Greensleeves featured a different rhythm section. Colin Bailey and Monty Budwig were Garaldi's drummer and bass player on his earlier albums, most notably Jazz Impressions of Black Orpheus. trio had a rotating cast of dozens of sidemen over the years. After A Charlie Brown Christmas, the trio released several more studio albums. Many were Peanuts-inspired albums, but he also released works outside of that, including Almaville and the eclectic Vince Guaraldi in 1969.
nothing would quite match the success of the Charlie Brown sound, and that was kind of by design. Once Garaldi had accumulated his wealth from the success of the Peanuts soundtracks, he went on to live a quiet life in Mill Valley, California, just playing local clubs. He could have done a lot more with his career, gone on tour and all that, but he always had the best time playing locally, so that's what he chose to do. Unfortunately, Garaldi died an early death in his 40s from a heart attack. In his short time making music for Peanuts, Garaldi produced compositions for the first 16 Peanuts television specials and one feature film. Only a couple, including A Charlie Brown Christmas, were released as official soundtracks during Garaldi's lifetime. As of late, though, more soundtracks and compilations have been released for the first time, including a soundtrack for It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Unfortunately, besides one showing on PBS last weekend, they are not showing A Charlie Brown Christmas on TV this year. You have to subscribe to Apple Plus to watch it. As of October 2020, Apple owns exclusive rights to all Peanuts-related media. The whole anti-commercialism message feels kind of ironic now, doesn't it? Although, the very first time this aired on TV, they had Linus accidentally ice skating into a Coca-Cola sign, a scene they later removed after the Coke sponsorship had ended. Commercialism has always been there and will always be there, but it's about noticing the little moments and finding the lowly, shutting trees in between. Thanks for joining me today. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Festivus. Whatever you're celebrating or not celebrating this season, I hope you just have a good week and enjoy some relaxing moments to take in some music. If you like this episode and want to continue the holiday mood, be sure to check out episode 57, my top 20 holiday song countdown. Also, follow me at Radio Gaga Podcast over on Instagram for updates and other music I'm listening to. You take it on the run, baby If that's the way you want it, baby Then I don't want you around I don't believe it Next time on Radio Gaga, a study of the life and times of REO Speedwagon and their top-selling 1980 album, High Infidelity. For me, this album is mixed. There are moments on High Infidelity that I am shocked were actually put to vinyl, and then a few where I turn them up so loud that my car windows rattle. Let's unpack, shall we? Give High Infidelity a listen, and I'll see you back here next time. You take it on the road.